Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's, everything's coming up, Simpsons. This episode is brought to you by those little wieners that come in a can. <laughs> Were you curious what I was going to find as our sponsor this I week? I was. I was watching the episode thinking, like, she's got to find something. Yeah, I know. It's a season <laughs> one episode, not to tease what I'm about to say, but it's hard to find sponsors because let's just say the Simpsons weren't as corporate uh, oriented in that way. Yeah, they not as many pop culture references, a mm-hmm. lot of original thoughts mm-hmm. uh, that would hmm. shape the way that we view the world as we know it. We also have a second sponsor. Are you ready for it? I don't know if I am. Mm. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, cherry Bombs. Oh, Cherry Bombs. <laughs> Very cool. And I guess also the concept of fun and, and tomfoolery. <laughs> the concept of fun. How much money did they bring us? An astonishing amount. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's great. Yeah. I like fun mm-hmm. and I like the Beatles. Those are two things I know about you. I like water. I was going to say you like water. <laughs> there are three things that you should know about Allie Gertz. Fun, uh. <laughs> Beatles, water. Beatles water. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> I also uh, I like a nice uh, blue jeans. I like wearing blue jeans. Oh, that's good. I like a nice uh, blue jeans. I like, I like a nice black jeans, oh, too. Yeah, I like weekends. I like weekends, too. Hey, you like stuff? Yeah, <laughs> stuff is cool. Yeah. Thank you, sponsors. <laughs> Thank you, sponsors. We, of course, talking about the episode, The Crepes of Wrath. It really wasn't, of course. <laughs> we are, of course. I mean, I can assert now, of course. I guess because it is in the episode description and there's an image that you clicked that is a I screenshot, know. you probably guessed. It's interesting not to go on a complete tangent about podcasting in which we pull back the curtain, but it's interesting that there are people that did not grow up in the radio age, myself included, and yet can't divorce from the format of, if you're just tuning in now. Right, exactly. But it's a podcast. It is know. a podcast. We are, of course, talking about the episode The Crepes of Wrath. This is the 11th episode of the first season. It originally aired on April 15th, 1990. It was written by George Meyer, Sam Simon, John Swartzwelder, murderer's row of writers, John Vitti, and John Vitti. I'm going to reset that. And it was directed by Wes Archer and Milton Gray. <laughs> it amazes me how many people it took to write this episode. Listen, it takes a village sometimes. I, I it takes love this a episode. Parisian village. <laughs> I love this episode so much. It is truly classic early Simpsons. It is very funny still, though, to make fun of it. Just because it is such... We, you know, our listeners know that we are constantly jumping back and forth between, like, you know, episodes that just aired. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Kleinman came on and talked about an episode in which her pie was featured that was brand new. I'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. That is definitely its own pace and quality uh, compared to that of a season eight, or in this case, a season one. And it is so fun because it's kind of it, it feels like a roller coaster because you're in one moment uh, going at high high speeds, and other mm-hmm. moments you're you're just getting to kind of breathe and like look around for a while. Like it feels like Small World versus you know right. Space Mountain. Thank you for using Disneyland references because <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't understand. Of course. Um, and I want to say, I want to attribute that because the showrunners at the time were James L. Brooks, Matt Groening, and Sam Simon. So we've got the brain trust on this one. Yeah. But you know what? Enough about The Simpsons for half a second. All right. Can we take a break? Oh, right my God. Now? Sure. Because we've got a really, really great guest. Oh, my God. We really do. And I'm so excited. This is someone who is a huge part of our podcast, mm-hmm. despite having never been on it. 
Yeah, and a huge part of our lives, we'll talk about, he's <laughs> <laughs> at least a, a monthly part of my life because you're frequently, I'm going to, you'll know soon. I'm botching this already. Um, but there's a show called Picture This if you're in L.A. Uh, and it is a live comedy show where comedians perform as artists draw. Frequently an artist on there. Um, your credit, as I always love to hear from Brandy Posey, the host, is that you uh, received a cease and desist from the city of Santa Monica for drawing too many dicks. Too many dicks. And posting them all around town. For there's no the... such thing as too many dicks. I, I know, but you go telling. <laughs> or was it West Hollywood? Was it West Hollywood? It was Santa Monica. Oh, yeah. great. I got to read the West first Hollywood. Time. I would definitely not say that there are too many dicks. No, not. I know. So that's why I was not like, enough dicks. We're suing yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. So you got two orders in the same day. So yeah. good for yeah. you, um, illustrator, musician, all around great guy, Luke McGarry. Hi. Yeah. Thank you for finally having me on here. It's very good funny grief. to me that we haven't had you on. It's actually been a little bit of a of a Kimmel Matt Damon situation right. where we've teased the carrot by having you on live shows. We've insisted yes. that you send us layered. PDF files of the amazing art mm-hmm. that you did. So everyone should already know uh, Luke's artwork because it has been on many a billboard. But mm-hmm. you not not all of you live in L.A. Um, and uh, you still have seen his art all over the place. Tenacious D uses it a lot of. It's been in Mad Magazine. Um, are, are there any uh, particularly fun places where your art has been seen other than your Instagram, which is hugely popular thanks to characters like Sad Chewy? Sad Chewy. Sad um, Chewy. Well, uh, I mean, it's been seen all over the place. Like I do stuff with Golden Voice and you know, Coachella stuff. But um, in October slash November, I'm going to be in Mad Magazine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Playboy, Ooh. Sports Illustrated for Kids, and something else that I can't say right now. But Ooh. yeah, so you will see so me exciting. in all forms of what I dead di- print media. I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. a diverse portfolio, yeah, wow, though. look at this. <laughs> so, That's kids, amazing. if you're reading Sports Illustrated and you want to, you know, check out the whole body of work yep. and other bodies. Yeah, I'd get hey, on that Playboy. Playboy. Yeah. That was nice. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> What are you, a comedy writer? <laughs> uh, barely. <laughs> Should I just cut and paste that as my Fallon packet? Yes. Okay. Um, so I've known Luke since I was 16 years old. Uh, we go way back. Uh, I Many people don't know uh, because I've... Uh, Deliberately hidden that I <laughs> erased uh, all mention of it from yeah. the internet. Because uh, I sunshined yourself. Yes, it's uh, very interesting. I was a drummer in a band that had about four different band names. Uh, I imagine that when we were playing together, we were either Smash Your TV or the Business Cats. Uh, yeah, both. I think maybe I think both. We, <laughs> before you continue, I really need you to explain the Business Cats origin story. The Business Cats origin story. That was the band that name that we died with. Uh, we. We worked at a studio, uh, recorded at a studio where there was a studio cat, uh, and I remember us being like, uh, ah, it's a little business cat. Oh. <laughs> Same exact thing as when uh, we came up with Smash Your TV. There was a TV out and about, like, you know, like to be uh, curb, curbside, mm-hmm. um, and we smashed it. Right. And I said to myself, smash your TV. Much huh. like how Led Zeppelin saw a gigantic Led Zeppelin and just yelled it. And Paul saw a group of Beatles. <laughs> you yeah, just yeah, say yeah. things that you see and then it's the band name. <laughs> huh. um, uh, to clarify, we were never in the same band, unfortunately. Correct. We just shared a bill uh, frequently. Frequently, yeah. Um, we've yet to collaborate on any music. I imagine if we did, it would be a 
cover of This Is Outrageous from Peep Show. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, now the internet's going to be clamoring for that, and you're going to have to do it yeah. before this episode drops. <laughs> Oof. Uh, yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, Luke and his brother are in a great band that I love called Pop Noir, and uh, I also have opened for you um, when I was just myself. But yeah, it's very uh, fun and validating and exciting to see, to know someone for this much time and just watch their career explode and then also yeah. work with them in a different way because we have gotten to use your art on our show. Um, even I, I would say like before you, I mean, you've always had a lot of um, success and in, in fans, but I feel like we got lucky and we got in pretty early. Yeah, we did. Um, on the ground floor. When yeah. your rates were low, we were like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, now we're grandfathered in, right? Exactly. Right. Okay, exactly. it's like rent control. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but anyway, we've been dangling the carrot of having you on as a guest for years now mm-hmm. uh, and decided to stop being assholes at as much. Um, so thank you so much for agreeing, despite all of the snubs. It is, it, just to timestamp this episode, the Emmys are tonight. Uh, right. And we didn't want to snub anybody, you know? Yeah. As uh, somebody right. who's been snubbed by the Emmys, I can just say <laughs> it's, it's tonight, it's it's a it's a dark day for me. Mm, the studio is dark uh, in, in uh, I was going to say remembrance of that. <laughs> struggling to find words in my, honor my of that. My at half mass for yes, the Emmy. Thank you. Not thank you so much. Um, which you should have been. It's an amazing, amazing <laughs> show. So this episode, as we've discussed, is uh, is, an, is season one. And season one episodes have like such a distinct quality. Uh, and we really love early Simpsons. Like We like the Simpsons out the gate. Um but it is something that is often kind of like criticized for not being this fully fledged, uh, formed um, joke machine. Um, but there's so much charm and heart, and there are really funny and and kind of clever moments that are super like observational and and still absurd at times. You know, like this, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in this episode. Um, but what about this uh, particular episode speaks to you, and why did you choose to talk about it today? Um, I chose this episode because uh, as a kid in the UK, um, for some reason, I had a VHS copy of only this episode. <laughs> so I've probably seen it more than any other was Simpsons episode. Was it government episode. issued? Yeah, it was gov- everybody <laughs> it has to have it Europe? Um, to make us dislike <laughs> French people. You right, know, right, right, right. Indoctrination. That makes sense. Um, no, I don't know why. And I was asking my dad about it this morning. I was like, wait, why did we? And he's like, I have no idea. Because <laughs> I'd have been like... I mean, if it was 1990, I'd have been three. But mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I, it didn't come out on VHS immediately. I'd probably been about six, yeah. five or six when they had this. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I don't know. So I've seen it a bunch. So you would put it on and it would bring you comfort, joy, or it was just something that was like something to watch? I mean, I, I really liked it. I think it's certainly, I think, responsible for uh, me constantly quoting different TV shows now. Like, I think that kind of began yeah. <laughs> my uh, yeah, obsessive quoting of stuff. Um, Quoting this episode, too? Yeah, this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, still, I mean, you know, not to spoil jokes later on in the podcast, but the um, the uh, an Albanian student, all white with pink eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I still, anytime anybody mentions Albania, it's all white with pink eyes. Yeah. Uh, what is your relationship to The Simpsons these days? <laughs> very loose. <laughs> Can you speak to the the pin that you are currently wearing? Oh yeah, I wore this uh, in honor of the the show tonight. Yeah. Um, I did a line of pins that I sort of I thought it was a piece of I thought it was a Tom of Finland illustration, but it turns out it isn't. 
um, I think it was like Malcolm McLaren drew it in art school or something, but it's the two cowboys touching dicks. And um, naturally, we naturally, are all familiar yeah. with the two cowboys. Yes, um, yes. And a year or two ago, or maybe three years, everyone was like, the big thing uh, for Instagram artists was like Simpsons bootlegs. Yes. Like, oh, man. Yeah. And so I thought, like, everybody's being so punk about this. Why not go all the way oh, yeah. with it? So it's. Barton Millhouse's Cowboys <laughs> Touching Dicks. And it's a, that you made into an enamel yeah, pin for purchase? Two inch, yeah, enamel pin Beautiful. for purchase. It's gorgeous, too. Social media for 10 bucks. This, yeah. Look at me hawking stuff. But yeah, <laughs> so that's my relationship with The Simpsons is yeah. <laughs> that. Have, has, has anyone ever shown you anger about uh, making them uh, do that? You know, um, do what, Allie? Do what? Nothing. <laughs> Hang out. Is it called docking? Hang um, out, be friends. Uh, no, except actually, no. But I do have a funny story about it. Is um, I was selling them at Comic Con one time, and I'd also done um, a poster of the entire, all of the characters from Seinfeld as um, the cover of Sgt. Pepper's. Oh wow! Um, so it's just another dumb mashup. Uh, but I'd drawn like the, the potted plants that they have on there. And some woman at Comic-Con came up and, um, she's like, oh, I love Seinfeld, but you've drawn marijuana leaves on this. I can't buy this. <laughs> and I was like, they're not. And she's like, I know I'm a teacher. I know. I know what these Whoa. are. I'll just buy this Simpsons pin. My husband loves the Simpsons. <laughs> And she didn't look at it. She just saw Barton Millhouse. That is the Amazing. most so, perfect yeah. accidental trolling. So she bought that and like immediately put it in her purse. So then I kind of closed the lid on my box of pins yeah. and slid it away while she continued to lecture <laughs> me Amazing. about how like, you know, selling weed leaves to kids isn't cool. And it's like, yeah, you'd, I can't. I'd love to have seen her and her husband's face. Yeah, that was I'm My hope uh, of, uh, you know. At the core of my heart, I truly believe and hope that this woman um, just has no judgment at all about that. That's true. Yeah, She's that very anti-drugs. Yeah. But, well, like, you yeah. know, love, who, love is love. Yeah, love I is would, love. I would hope that, too. But my thought was this woman feels like a bit character in an early Adam Sandler movie yeah. where like she comes home and she's like Frank dinner's yeah. ready Frank I just came back from the con and I got you oh no she goes blind and she suddenly. goes blind she you know wanders back and like the uh, ironing board like goes yeah. down from the wall and it's just like a big you know crazy she falls comedy. on a Murphy bed that snaps back into the wall yeah Denise where are you now we're in a radio play oh. Frank and Denise. Frank and Denise. Uh, so for those that haven't seen this episode in a while. Mm, my favorite segment of all time. <laughs> uh, come with me as we walk down this path together, hand in hand. So what we like to do <laughs> for people that haven't uh, watched this episode in a while, which I'm guessing is uh, a good number of you, is we like to read the synopsis from Wikipedia, Ice Cold. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. It's usually bad. Let's see. In the episode, Bart is sent to France on a student exchange trip where his hosts treat him as a slave. No, oh, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, an Albanian student takes Bart's place in the Simpsons family and shows great interest in Homer's work at the nuclear power plant. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Anything to add? 
Nope, nope. Sounds about right. <laughs> right. It checks out. Well, would you be heartened to know that this episode was received generally positive re- reviews from critics and in 1997, <laughs> David Bowder from TV Guide named the episode the greatest episode of The Simpsons and the 17th greatest episode of any television show of all time? What? Huh. Yeah. Well, I don't know who this David guy is, but I think uh, I've got some notes. He turned off after season one. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it for me. We have met people. Well, we uh, interviewed Dino Stamatopoulos um, from Starburns and uh, we talked talked about a spec script for The Simpsons that he wrote. So that was a very, you know, kind of like unconventional episode for us. But he mentioned like he watched the first season of The Simpsons and was just done after that yeah. and thought that it was ruined. The reason that, that point forward. The, the point that he uh, turned it off was there's a Thanksgiving episode where Bart turns on the TV and it's the Macy's Parade and there's a Bart Simpson balloon. Mm. And so it just became too too self-aware and then, you know, it made it right. too cartoony. Um, man, now that it's there's been some time and we no longer have ties to Starburns, he was wrong. He was dead wrong. <laughs> oh, no, he's coming into the studio. Oh, no. no, he's here now. No, he's here. He's so <laughs> mad. Killing all oh, of us. Help. Don't mic him. Don't mic him. Don't do it. Where do they even get I want to kill Alley shirts? Anyway. I don't know. Uh, Are they dripping? Are they written in blood? <laughs> Use a pen, Saito. God. <laughs> D bar D. We're just rapidly going through them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, so as we've kind of touched upon with these early episodes of The Simpsons, and I think that also, like, what the punchline is for, like, season one is um, particularly season one Homer. So, like, the voice acting changes pretty, yeah. The Walter Mm -hmm. Matthau-y, more conventional dad who gets irritated by son rather than, you know, son-like dad. Right, exactly. Yeah, and um, it's not as, like deep into that pit as yeah. say like the Tracy Ullman shorts where it's like good night son <laughs> like, oh my god like his mouth is full of hot dogs wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to basically make my own voiceover acting real um, in here so uh, if you could uh, leave me alone and I'll fit no, I'm just kidding um, but no this this is kind of like it's it's a little bit further into what we will later know Homer to be a little bit more um, but even still like him just being on the couch he gets injured He's, like, yelling and crabbing at Marge. He's yelling at crabbing at Bart. He just feels like he doesn't have any moral compass in this. I like yelling and crabbing. <laughs> yelling and crabbing. <laughs> I want to and raffing. <laughs> what do you kids get into these days? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like a mom who doesn't know what dabbing is. It's like, what are you guys, crabbing? <laughs> what are you guys, swigging the crack? What are you guys, slinking the dope? Oh. Mm. Um, Those are actually real terms. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, so the chalkboard gag for this one uh, is garlic gum is not funny. And I just want to know, like, that seems like a lot of work was put into this prank. Like, he, <laughs> he concocted or cooked up some garlic gum and was told that it wasn't funny just because it's making everyone's breath taste like garlic. Right. It's an interesting, it's it's my favorite one. <laughs> it's, it's the purest, the purest chalkboard More gag. than we miss you, Mrs. Cat. So that one's funny. <laughs> um, before we get into the episode, let's actually take a quick break and think about uh, your legitimate favorite chalkboard gag or your least favorite chalkboard gag. And let us know at Simpsons Pod. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne, and justice is within your reach. My mom refuses to take my phone calls. My boyfriend says I should take our cats with me to graduate school, but I think he should keep them. In the court of Judge John Hodgman, justice rules. My partner's board game collection is out of control. 
My sister won't stop stealing my clothes. I'm Judge John Hodgman. I'm tough, but fair. I'll bring you justice, and I'm only a click away. Tipping. Automotive etiquette. Siblings. Roommates. If you've got a case, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. Judge John Hodgman is tough, but fair. fair. Subscribe to the podcast today. Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. Oh, I had a great time, and I tried some garlic gum, and they go great with nuts. Mm. Together at last. (laughs) Uh, So this episode kicks off with uh, Bart coming into the house with an I Love Lucy froggy I'm home, which unless you realize in a couple of seconds he has a frog, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, That that part threw me. (laughs) I was like super confused. And the weird infatuation with the frog. He's got a pet frog in this episode, (laughs) which we never see again, which is fine. They they reset and that is okay. Uh, But like, it doesn't really play into anything. I fucking love it. Um, So here's here's why it works. Um, Well, well, not works. I'm not saying it that way. Like, I cracked the code but like here's something that i like about it Mm -hmm. is uh frog is a derivative term for french people uh Mm -hmm. and so he says like oh life of a frog that's the life for me and by the way i just genuinely love that quote and i actually really like very simple um calming simpsons episodes uh armin weitzman who hopefully will be a guest one day on the show uh he and i (laughs) (laughs) he and i share um back in the day would share a love of Simpsons before the podcast and would often find those types of moments, um, the kind of particularly tender, odd, not especially well-known moments that are now uh, made ever popular by Tumblrs and Instagrams mm-hmm. and Frinkiac. Yeah. Um, I remember really loving those types of moments, those kind of like, why did they do that moments. I agree. And we talk about this a lot on the show, but there, The Simpsons uh, in these earlier seasons kind of gets to breathe in a way where it's like, oh, there's no way that that would have made it into a later episode. Right, right, right. The later episodes are like so frenetic and so jam-packed. Mm-hmm. And then like what later became their trademark of like having a first act that has nothing thing to do with the later ones. Yeah. It's like a game of chicken with themselves. But I, off of that, like, one of my favorite moments, and we've talked about this before, but I just love, I forget exactly what episode it's in, but um, Homer opening the door and, like, really sort of strutting oh, yeah. in a hip hop <laughs> kind of way, just like, unt, 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 unt. Sup, Marge? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and then they move on with the scene. So I, I do it. enjoy moments like that. I think especially because it's animated, you know that there's a lot of work that goes into those kind of random moments. So it just makes it even more delicious. Yeah, that's actually a great point that I sometimes, I think a lot of people like myself will forget because I don't have any animators that I'm married to or, and I'm not one. <laughs> so I'm not always thinking about Sorry like... to brag all the time. <laughs> I'm not... walking around town. <laughs> Making people feel bad. <laughs> uh, I'm not always thinking about like, oh, it's not just a camera on these characters that I love. It's right, like someone right. took the time to have Bart say, Froggy, I'm home. But yeah, this episode it starts with Bart. Uh, his room is a mess to the point that Homer trips and falls on his bad back. And it's really sad. Mm-hmm. He's like stuck in he a is, very yeah. real he way. He could have died. He could have died. He could have died. Wouldn't that have been bold? Yeah, that would have been a bold, bold move. Yeah. <laughs> Season one, episode 11. Yeah. I love we're gonna fucking Game of Thrones this bitch. <laughs> yeah, oh my the god. show that nobody at the time was watching. We're gonna fucking devastate <laughs> yeah. you. Um, yeah, it's so funny. Just Santa's little helper comes over, and there's a possible idea of oh, maybe he'll help, and just immediately like cuddles up to him, and then we get the cat and Maggie. It's actually yeah. kind of sweet. 
But yeah, terrifying. Like mm-hmm. the, the Marge and Homer come in and are, or sorry, Marge and um, uh, Lisa come in and are both terrified. Yeah. Rightly so. But it like, it's it's very real. Like it's not cartoony. He, he fell down and didn't bounce back up. He like fell down and like has a trick back all of a sudden. Yeah. Right. His well-known trick back. <laughs> yeah. And the pet frog. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Bart gets in trouble and is having to throw everything into the closet, which is mm-hmm. 100% relatable in terms of how to clean oh one's my gosh. room. Uh, to this day. Yeah, to this day. Uh, <laughs> d- so do, do I, I, I'm of the firm belief that even if you're a clean person, you have at least one area of your life which is messy. It might be your car or your desk or your closet. What is your guys's? And it could be multiple. Car. What about uh, you? Mine's anything in my house that has a door on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah just all of that too. <laughs> any as sort well. of cabinet or yeah. If there's just... one, I mean, we are all allowed at least one junk drawer. Yeah. Um, but then, what if I were an overachiever, let's say, and wanted several junk drawers? <laughs> yes. I have I a think junk cabinet. Mm-hmm. I've got a plastic bag drawer that oh, just yeah. today couldn't close. <laughs> yes, um, and yeah, the the standard junk drawer. Yeah, yeah. the the yeah. trunk of my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of my car is pretty clean. Uh, trunk of my car. It, it's all the. Hi- it's all about a hidden mess. Yeah. Um, but closet for sure. Closet oh, is. Come on. And every so often I'll clean it and I'll always think this is the time it sticks. <laughs> it never does. <laughs> it never does. Um, but uh, in this, uh, or while he's cleaning, he comes across our sponsor, a mm. Terry Bomb. Luke, were, were you ever Bart Simpson in any way? Did you ever? Would you, were you ever pulling any types of pranks? No, no pranks ever. I've I, never seen a Terry Bomb of you. No, I. Th- I th- I don't know if they're real or not. My only knowledge right, of them is same. from the Simpsons episode. <laughs> yeah, like, me too. Which, again, such... I grew up watching a thousand times. Right. So yeah. Yes. Sh- I and knew sh- a lot about them. By all <laughs> accounts, it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's an argument against nurture. Exactly. <laughs> uh, speaking of nurture, we meet no. uh, Skinner's mom, Amazing Agnes, in this episode. <laughs> Thank you so much. First appearance <laughs> of Agnes in this episode. First appearance, and it shows we have an yes. early archetypal, um, you know, it's very, uh, she's Sweet. kind of just a sweet mom who mm-hmm. actually has little nicknames. Mm-hmm. Spanky. Uh, Spanky. Spanky. I think Spanky's a great nickname that I wish had stuck more through throughout the show. Yeah, does it ever come back? I'm going to say no. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> d- d- fr- froggy and Spanky. I'm going to not <laughs> research it and say no. Spanky a great no. name for yeah. us. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> just for that one cover. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a move. People make bands just for one song. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Uh, so we learned that uh, Agnes is kind of embarrassing Skinner a little bit, but he, you know, is showing off uh, kind of how, how tightly he runs the ship uh, and is called out for not having introduced the students. Uh, and we, we get a nice little line of kids including Bart who yeah. have, it, there's this moment of just like two kids that never turn up really that much yeah anymore. not really there's, there's, I, I made a note that they're Richard and Lewis or Lewis and Richard yeah but the two grey haired kids <laughs> yeah what's yeah. up with that <laughs> um, so the at this point after meeting the kids after being told just like oh you seem much sweeter than you know uh, you seem sweet it's like I am miss and mm-hmm. she goes to the restroom and that's when the cherry bomb goes off uh, right and we get like spanky <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, I want to talk about, uh, and this is like a bit of, you know, like mechanics that kind of blew my little kid brain. Um, and similar in the way of Bart versus Australia, where I just was like, oh, wow, I learned something that, you know, the water goes on the other way. Mm-hmm. But he drops the cherry bomb into one toilet, which then erupts all of the toilets. Yeah. And so from that point forward, I just assume that is what happens. An- another thing. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I, cherry bombs are it's real. It's very funny. And 
Yeah, that's how plumbing works. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I, I got to say that this is like an early example of The Simpsons just loving an elderly woman in peril. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just feel like there's a lot of moments over the years. I can't pinpoint one exactly, but just a lot of like, oh, they just love like an elderly woman embarrassed in some way, but off screen. Is this another clip for your voice acting? Yes. <laughs> I usually can't get into an old lady voice until I say the word gazebo. <laughs> this is me being real. Gazebo. That's, I mean, that's barely me trying, but this is not about me and my voiceover career. I think in many ways it is. Oh, okay. Uh, so at this point, Homer is on the couch uh, due to his trick back mm. and is asking Marge for entirely too much. You get a little bit of, had he not gotten more charming over the series, you would have wondered even more, like, why are they together? Yeah. Um, but she's very sweet and doing her due dil- diligence as Homer's wife. Um, but at, at this moment, we get a surprise knock at the door, and let's hear who it is. Ooh. Homer, Principal Skinner's here. Oh, hello, Principal Skinner. I'd get up with a boy crippled me. Mm-hmm. I understand completely. The disturbing incident I was referring to happened this morning when your son flushed an explosive device down the boy's lavatory. <laughs> that old gay. Unfortunately, at the same moment, my mother was in the girls' lavatory making use of the facilities. Oh, dear. Mr. and Mrs. Simpson, we have transcended incorrigible. I don't think suspension or expulsion will do the trick. I think it behooves us all to consider deportation. Deportation? You mean kick Bart out of the country? Yeah, hear him out. <laughs> I think it makes total sense. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. just a thing. Well, okay, so to your logic of uh, a cherry bomb is going to make all the toilets, you know, do this. I definitely thought that this was a real thing that could happen to me if I was bad, that they would send me really? to like, a different country. I had and a f- I wanted that. I was going to say, <laughs> I had a flip fantasy of being, like, one day waking up and it's like... Julia, pack your bags. <laughs> oh, my God. You are being your uh, foreign exchange student. And you're going to, you know, whatever glamorous city I was infatuated with at the time. All I've ever wanted is to be forced to go to a boarding school. Oh. Did you go to a boarding school? Uh, no. No. Sorry, um, you just seem like Yeah, I just seem like... Yeah, what was your schooling school? experience like? My schooling experience, um, I went to a school called The Abbey in uh, mm. Torquay in England. Um, and it, was it downtown? It, uh, yeah, downtown. <laughs> no, um, it I was going to say Westminster. It was Hogwarts, though. It was, was it? Uh, it was just Hogwarts. That is the worst thing that you could have ever said to Allie and I. I'm very upset. We're at so you. upset. Listen, <sighs> I love Harry Potter a lot. Okay? Oh my god, I just I love Harry- all the movies. Again. I know, but I love a lot of things about Harry Potter. But the one thing I love the most about Harry Potter, and if it didn't have this, I would not love it as much. School. School, bitch. I love school, bitch. I, I want to go to school. <laughs> I will still to this day, I was in New York and I walked by a brick building and I was, and I, every single time I walked by a pretty school, I was like, I would have loved school even more. Yeah. And I said, as I was walking by, I wish I could go to that school. And my boyfriend was like, now? I was like, now. <laughs> I, w- I was going to say, if, if I could share an embarrassing confession, uh, a lot of my late night Google searches have been <laughs> still on incognito mode. School boys. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Um, just uh, admissions websites for different colleges. That's nice. <laughs> Even undergraduate ones. Wow. I have an undergraduate degree. Julia, what are you doing? Well, I'm imagining what life could have been at, yes. say, uh, NYU or Harvard. Yes, I think yeah. you should go. Okay. 
but we still have to do the podcast. Okay. <laughs> uh, so basically, we get this uh, suggestion that Bart's going to go to France, and we get that great line about uh, the Albanian. Yep. Uh, I laughed. I laughed out loud at that. Yeah. The idea of uh, confusing albino with Albanian. Yeah. Well, it's it's <laughs> what would later characterize the Simpsons of those quick witted, quick like yeah. riff 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 kind of stuff. But in, it's almost only a handful in this episode. I feel there's like seven jokes in this yes. episode total. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them is Bart going up to his frog and saying, ah, the life of a frog, that's the life for me. Yeah. That, to me, is my favorite line of this episode. <laughs> and according to people that haven't watched this episode, that happens every three minutes in this episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they basically decide that this is going to be a good idea, that they're going to do this exchange program, that it could. Uh, they, they even talk about how Bart is uh, going to pick up the language. Yeah. Most most kids learn it, you know, in two months. And Homer's is like, well, what about Bart? Eh, he'll pick it up. Yeah. And uh, we go to the airport, which is kind of a, um, it looks like some type of private jet. But the, the inside, you see that it's full. Like, it's a crazy right. full airport yeah. or plane. Uh, but we get a, a moment of Lisa, who's obviously jealous because that's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, what do you know about France? He's like, I know I'm going and you're not. I love that line. It's so kid-like. Oh, Especially because they've shown him, like, this beautiful chateau that he'll yes. be staying at. Yeah, right. That's, um... Well, I I think that also this episode taps into like the American POV of Paris and France or just I guess France the country in general that we all assume that it's all so fancy and yeah. so just Parisian and elegant and but it's it's got, not no well, I, I got mean, robbed there what? this summer <laughs> oh my god oh, no I'm so sorry oh, boy I mean it, yeah it's a place like any other there are you know the more cosmopolitan beautiful parts that we yeah. all think about but then of course there are also you know like large expansive fields and Nothing. And yeah. people get mugged. <laughs> Gosh, I can't imagine going to L.A. for the first time not knowing um, what L.A. is. You're right. I think I would be so bummed. <laughs> I would be bummed, too. I mean, I sympathize with people that come here all the time. And they go directly to Hollywood Boulevard, oh, which is where no. all the crusty, like, Elmo people stand. And, like, it's just like, I wish they, they had crusty. I know. <laughs> I mean, the other bad crusty. Uh, so, at this point, uh, we we get a little sneak peek of uh, a deal uh, for the first time. And they, at first, I was wondering if they didn't have the subtitles on and if I was going crazy. Same here. Uh, but this was a device to let us know that it wasn't important. Uh, mm-hmm. Or rather, it was very important, but that it, was, it was not for us to know yet. Yes. And according to Wikipedia, it was real Albanian. Wow. Nice. Wow. Hot, hot info coming in. Hey, from there's that no the problem with the deal. Yeah, because <laughs> no offense to Albanians, but it sounded like a joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you're gonna have to take it up with those nerds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, unless there are any moments on the airplane that we'd like to discuss, well, let's cut to Paris, France, where mm, Bart is. Wee oui, wee, oui. <laughs> fantastic. Yes, those are the only French words I know. I think that's amazing. Mm. Uh, so Bart, uh, you know, arrives. He sees the the placard with his name on it, and they get on a motorcycle. So it seems to be going off to a cool start. Like, I would love to be picked up via motorcycle. Yeah. Um, but you do that great trick, or they do the great trick of uh, holding up the brochure when yeah. you see the reality, uh, which is, of course, a shit show. Mm-hmm. I love that joke, too. But I also love how they, I mean, and you afford this with early seasons of this show, but almost an off-model character is the guy that picks him up where he just looks like almost from a different show. He's just shaggier than yeah. any other Springfield citizen <laughs> we've ever seen. And he just looks like, yeah, he looks like a kidnapper. He looks like an early sketch of some of the other characters. Yeah, like Cletus. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, n- not serious. I was just in the lobby and I yeah. drew this, you know, one <laughs> yeah. of those. 
so we meet the two characters, uh, Cesar, Caesar, Cesar, Cesar. I'm going to say Cesar. <laughs> and Ugalo. I'm going to say Ugalo. Ugalo. Okay. Ugalo. Uh, so we we get the two characters. These are the people that are hosting Bart. It becomes pretty clear pretty quickly that it's not going to go as planned uh, mm. when they start talking about how the donkey's going to have it easier and won't have to do any <laughs> yeah. <rapping>. Maurice. <laughs> like, these, I love Maurice so yeah, much. All of the donkey stuff really made me laugh in this, and I me don't know Me too. Why. I love some good animal jokes. Yeah. If, if you would ever be so kind as to do an enamel pin of the donkey with a red hat. I should do. Yeah. <laughs> they gave That's my hat a, to the donkey. That's my favorite <laughs> line of the yeah. That's my real favorite. Yeah, <laughs> like it's that. Good. Like he's actually being starved. Yeah, his list of yeah. Well, we'll come to that. We'll get there. <laughs> I do love how slow Bart is to pick up on how much of a shit show this is. Yeah, because if you or I or anyone in this room would you know just see that dilapidated farmhouse, we'd be like, um, you know. But the fact that he still looks at it as an adventure. It does two things. It allows for him to remain kid-like in this so that we don't feel like, this is a really blank episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it, then it tees up the switch in the end. Yeah, and so we have this initial switch where we get to see Adil meet the family, and he's very sweet and very immediately familial, uh, saying mother, and Marge is kind of a, right. this little moment. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess I am your mother at this point. And mm-hmm. He's just really personally connecting to all of them. He's done his research for sure, and we get father, Homer. Um, um, and uh, we kind of go back and forth a lot of times. Uh, so I don't know if the best way to talk about the episode is kind of in chunks or to just go beat by beat. Mm, whatever our heart desires. Well, uh, <laughs> what well, we can talk about it in chunks. Yeah. So the stuff that happens with the deal, uh, we we get him giving uh, a speech at school uh, where he says, you know, although I'm officially required to hate you, I do not feel it in my heart. Uh, yeah, I wrote that down as part of my notes, too. I, I mean, this made me think a lot about, like, the American to European sort of relations and, like, RPOVs of the other and how European kids are just better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he he immediately just, like, fits right into the family. Yeah. Uh, Homer particularly takes a shining to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, shining or shine? Shining. A shining, shining to him. <laughs> I don't want to get sued. <laughs> uh, so... We, you know, we'll, we'll stay more or less in order just because they do a lot of good uh, side by sides. If one thing's going horribly in Paris, it's going particularly well right, in right. America. So uh, this is when Maurice gets Bart's hat. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I really loved the fight between Adil and Lisa. Yes. I was about to say I love um, that political discussion at the dinner table. And- yeah. That's you know, one of my. That was my other favorite joke from the the episode. Yeah, walk us through yeah. it. I I love it so much. Oh well, they're just arguing, and then Homer stops them arguing and goes, "You know, kids, maybe you're both right. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe Lisa has a point about America being the land of opportunity, and maybe Adil has a point about the machinery of capitalism being oiled by the blood of its workers." <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I I love a good like you know. I love a good long-winded joke said very confidently. Yeah. Um, that, that's my style. But I also love, like, really bleak details buried into that long-winded yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, said by Homer makes it even funnier. Yeah. And Homer tops us off by saying, you know, well, he, basically, he's just talking about how much better uh, a deal is. And uh, Lisa is very offended by this and, and decides to go up to her room. And uh, Homer says to Marge, who's just criticized him, just like, you know, she'll get over it. And if she doesn't, we'll 
exchange it for a new kid. Right, right. And doesn't around this time, uh, I wrote down, Lisa says, your paper-thin commitment to your children sends shivers down my spine. May I be excused? Hell yeah. In that run, yeah. <laughs> I, I think so often about how she's only eight and how I scary know. it would be to be hearing that from an eight-year-old, <laughs> some of the things she says. This is like one of those, like, um, uh, that didn't happen posts. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, my daughter said this at the grocery store. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody applauded. Exactly. Um, a lot of people give the show Big Little Lies uh, shit for having the highly precocious daughter who listens to lots of old uh, music but I was that kid and it's also Lisa and I think it's a lot right, of listeners right. like say you know uh, I get why people hate uh, some Diablo Cody type uh, writing right, but those right. kids and characters do exist they, they are do out exist, there but I think that they part of how they exist in the real world is that they terrify all of the adults <laughs> yeah. around them it's the reality that you need yeah like um Dakota Fanning. Whenever yes, you saw right. interviews of her as a kid, it's like, ugh. It's so <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, it's Uncanny Valley, and it, yeah. which led to that great uh, Amy Poehler uh, recurring sketch on SNL when she was on, of like, what is it, the Dakota Fanning talk show, and right. everything about what she's going to be like. But now for on for a more heady discussion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just like brought to you by the New Yorker. It was really funny. Uh, let's all take a moment to think about Dakota Fanning mm. uh, during this quick break. Going into a bullseye interview, I know that it's somebody who does amazing work, but it's it's an actual conversation, and you know sometimes it gets real. No, but my mother. I remember my. I remember when I got. <laughs> this is going to become a therapy session very quickly. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm in therapy. That was a great interview. Bullseye, creators you know, creators you need to know. Find it at maximumfun.org or wherever you get podcasts. What a great break. What did you guys think about uh, Dakota Fanning? I thought about how Elle Fanning is um, kind of overshadowing her. Oh, in a real big way. In a really big way. I feel like they had to put Elle Fanning in there. Like, okay, Dakota, you're too much. (laughs) But she's a darling. Let's try again. (laughs) Exactly. She's a a darling of a lot of different art house directors. That's true. Yeah, so she must be really easy to work with. Um, And I think that Dakota never fully recovered from... Being the, named Dakota. The, yeah. Being named Dakota. Well, I was going to say um, the Runaways movie because <laughs> I was supposed to be her like big like I'm yeah. adult, you know, kind of thing. That said, Dakota, if you want to come on the podcast, we hey. would love to have you. Or L, we would prefer <laughs> you. <laughs> Dakota, if you could give the yeah, if <laughs> the you could ask to L, she'll yeah. come on the show. Uh, so uh, you know, Bart is feeling a little bit like Dakota at this mm-hmm. moment uh, when he <laughs> is starved yeah. for attention. You know that old phrase, feeling Dakota. <laughs> Feeling really Dakota lately. He's feeling starved for attention and food. There's mm-hmm. a moment when he asks very, very meekly, just like, "Can I have something to go with my turnip?" I so know. Sad. While they're like yeah. drinking wine, and, and their response is like, "You know, when you do work like a man, you will eat like a man." Yeah. You know, he's that's another part of my reel. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he's asked to sleep on hay, and mm-hmm. then Maurice uh, totally takes up his bed, and he has to sleep on the floor, still Aww. wearing the hat. Still wearing the hat. <laughs> I have totally been in that situation before. I once stayed at a friend's house. Um, I didn't know what the sleeping arrangement would be like, and I was traveling, and there was. I thought there'd be a bed. Uh, it was a couch with no pillow or blankets and a dog that sat on all of the couch. Yeah. <laughs> you just are in a situation where like you're trying to kind of like gently
gently ease this animal off of your sleeping situation and you're just kind of like, ah, the animal was here first. Yeah, Yeah. I've had that problem with my girlfriend's dog. Oh, no. (laughs) If you get up to grab a glass of water in the night, there he is. Yeah. And you cannot move him because he snaps at you. (laughs) Lucky for me, it's just a tiny little cat that does that and just tries to find uh, Moon Man, my cat, just tries to find my little, like, heat spot that I left. So usually I just make a joke going, okay, you're the wife now. And then I leave. (laughs) Cute. Uh, So we have a, a, a nice little clip here of Homer with Adil being tucked into bed. Nice and cozy, Adil. Yes, thank you, Father. Look, Adil, you can call me Dad. All right, Dad. Aw, you called me Dad. Dad, do you think I could come visit you at the nuclear power plant? You want to see where I work? Oh, yes, very much. None of my biological kids ever wanted to see me at work. Then I can go? Well, I'll have to pull a few strings with the boys in security. But sure, you bet. Excellent. Now that's a little interesting. <laughs> the fact that now, he the uses plot twist. a different uh, character's catchphrase is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> this idea that all evil people say excellent. <laughs> or maybe it was just on the board in the writer's room they knew, with the quotes excellent yeah. and then a bunch of different like thought bubbles of who should say it. Well, I haven't seen the first season in forever other than this episode. Is it established that Mr. Burns uses excellent? I don't that's believe a great, so. That's a great point. Um, listeners, let us know. Yeah. Because we'll look it up later, but it's going to be too late. Yep. No. <laughs> we've committed. I, I want people to at reply to us uh, weeks after we've recorded this and I've forgotten yeah. our quippiness. <laughs> when you've forgotten even what episode you're talking about, you just I get, go, hey, oh. no, he says it. Oh, shit. <laughs> what, what does that mean? And as somebody who does that, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's all good. Uh, so at this point, we check in on Bart, who, again, is just doing so much back-breaking labor. Uh, he, he doesn't seem too bad, though. All he has to do is pick grapes off a vine. It seems mm-hmm. like not the hardest thing. And then, of course, he reveals that we have to do it one million times. Yeah. He tries to eat a grape and immediately gets chastised. Mm. Uh, these people Poor Bart. are not that nice. No. <laughs> uh, I would not want them to be my dad. <laughs> um, so we check back into the power plant where basically we get uh, a deal taking all kinds of photos to what she's called like oh you little shutterbug i know i kind of like how much fun homer is having yeah, i mean this is sweet. him early stages of like goofy doofy homer where he's just like oh let me let me take a photo with you <laughs> you know oh you gotta do it here you know he's just like so oblivious and having fun it makes me sad though like he has a genuine connection with this kid yeah. Who's using him? Oh, no. We've all been there. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, a little Albanian child. Just, I mean, yeah. a deal specifically. Mm-hmm. It happened all, to me. All white with pink eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's just, I mean, that was like the quarter life crisis. <laughs> Enough about me. Uh, <laughs> The moment that I remember the most from this episode as a kid, aside from a donkey wearing a hat, um, <laughs> is Bart uh, stomping on grapes. There's like such yeah. a there's something very yeah. classic about that look. Maybe because of I Love Lucy kind of making it this iconic little thing. I don't know. At least yeah. my kid brain recognized the two. I think I was like, whoa, Bart doesn't have a shirt. Or shoes on, and he's stomping on grapes. <laughs> I haven't seen him do this yeah, before. Yeah, I wondered why he had to take his shirt off. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he still had his pants on. I know, <laughs> yeah. or shorts, I should say. So Bart is seriously suffering, and what makes it even worse, I feel, is uh, we have another clip of Marge writing him a letter. <clears throat> Dear Bart, how is France? I don't know why you haven't written. I guess you're just having too much fun. <clears throat> oh yeah, right. Silence. Everyone here in the United States is fine. 
We think Maggie may say her first word any day now. Lisa got an A in math, which I'm only mentioning as news. I'm not putting you down. And your father, well, last night he went to sleep talking about how much he loves you. Remember to dress warm and try to be as helpful as you can to your adopted parents. All my love, Mom. Oh, that makes me so sad. I know. It's, it's weird in episodes where you see Bart sad. Yeah, Those are like I know. <laughs> they kind of do that a lot. I mean, Bart gets an F. Uh, I mean, yeah. around here, Bart gets an F is another episode where he gets really emotional. And it, this also specifically reminds me of um, Cam Krusty mm. and like the letter that um, Mark oh, yeah. sends them. Yeah. It's so interesting how different parenting is now, though, because there's no universe in which a mom would have not heard from her son who's in France for many days and assume it's because yeah. he's having too much fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> not like those Velcro parents these days, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Helicopter, what are they calling them now? Yeah. Twirly whirler yeah. parents? What That's do they call it. them? Oh, twirly whirlers. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so sad because there was this moment earlier where they, the parents are in bed and talking about, you know, uh, admit it. Admit that you love Bart, and like yeah. he has to like come around to it. Oh my God, it's it's really sad because there's that moment at the dinner table that caused Lisa to get up and leave and talk about the paper thin, you know, uh, qualities to Homer, and. He is kind of saying, like, you know, I always thought it was our fault, but I think we could see who the problem really was. And, yeah. like, it's so sad to to think about this nature versus nurture type discussion right. and this idea that Bart was always meant to be bad, although he is part of a twin set. And he yes, was the... that we know. <laughs> is that canon? <laughs> I don't know if it's canon. I don't canon. think it's canon. Um, I think it's up to us. <laughs> uh, I think that I think that every tree house of horror is real. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> that You've is the devil. So that's four things. Water, beetles. <laughs> what else? Uh, crazy canonical theories. Ah. Um, so at this point, after the letter, uh, Bart is so miserable and he's walking out in the rain and notices that the two men are putting an- antifreeze in the wine mm-hmm. uh, to save some money and get some kick. Uh, and they're trying to figure out if it's going to kill people and uh they make bart drink it unfortunately he could see well enough like he's not entirely (laughs) blind um Uh, as a kid uh, i was yeah all wine had antifreeze in it is what i thought like i didn't quite understand yeah (laughs) i think i remember that too like not really knowing exactly what the joke was and then i knew antifreeze was like evil like that's what bad guys did it does sound very like super villain-esque i think it sounds like something that's just warm like it just seems mm. like it's going to keep you from freezing. Yeah, literally, I think it has uses outside of wine making. <laughs> now I want to say that. So I was reading on the old Wikipedia's. Um, they say they, the royal they of the internet, that this episode was inspired by the French movie um, Manon of the Spring. And so maybe oh, there one. is. Oh, oh yes, that, that, old, that one. That was the chestnut. other tape in your collection. <laughs> yeah, next to this one episode. I only had two. Yeah. So perhaps there is um, some links to it narratively from the antifreeze, the torturing of children. I don't know, but I just wanted to throw that out yeah. there. Interesting. Well, it's interesting. Uh, again, uh, I mean, I still love The Simpsons, but like season one through like season nine they would reference you know some obscure french film right and now the simpsons just seems to reference itself (laughs) it seems to reference old simpsons episodes yeah that's what is the pop culture now well that's it that's what i was thinking is that like like this was writers that had grown up not watching the simpsons and now everybody in the writers room uh grew up watching the simpsons yes that is there 
That is cultural reference. I I feel like that came up on the Jibber Jab episode that Conan did with some of the writers and uh, that 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 did make a huge shift in the show, like the different types of things that you grew up watching and that you actually would kind of go out of your way to find people that didn't grow up watching the show because then it would become too referential. But that is also some of the best uh, years of The Simpsons Mm -hmm. by many. You know, Josh and Bill came in as fans saying, you know, like season two and three were amazing. Right, right, right. You know, um, I think that... But they'd seen other things. They'd seen other things, too. I think that that is also, to broaden out from The Simpsons, kind of the quality of what prestige TV is for comedy right now. Because we are, all the creators of these shows are kids that were uh, millennials that were essentially raised by cable, raised by TV. Yeah. And so, you know, instead of having literary, more deep men and of the spring-like references, yeah. <laughs> you know, all we have, I'll include myself in this, is, and all of us in this room, um, yeah. is what we have seen off of Fox, what we've seen off of the rise of, you know, cable TV, and so it's, it is the most snake eating yeah. its tail right now. To be fair, some of us have also read Harry Potter. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Thank you. So books, I too. only read the school parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never finished a book. Yeah. <laughs> Does he live or die? <laughs> well, the school mm. lives. What I like about Harry Potter is that there's no conflict. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just beautiful descriptions of yeah, old the moment, school. <laughs> the moment they go to exams, I'm done. <laughs> uh, so at this point, uh, Bart is done. He's had too much. Yeah. And he goes to what looks like a police officer, but might just be a man. Um, I couldn't really tell. He was just very fancy. In Paris dress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's how they dressed in the 90s. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. I think that this scene is really funny because it's like this French man who doesn't speak any English who's trying to help and just like keeps offering Bart candy that then Bart (laughs) takes because he's hungry. (laughs) But then we have this like beautiful, I will say classic scene of this episode where Bart is pleading with this police officer who doesn't speak English, and I've been there so many times in, in foreign countries, but then all of a sudden starts yeah. to speak but my French favorite fluently. Part is that uh, he uh, is so like cheerful with Bart, even though he doesn't yeah. understand him. He's like, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, you can't read this kid's face. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, so, okay, His tone so, of voice. So to talk about, so season two starts with Bart gets an F. Like, that is very classic. Uh, the shift of when the show uh, changes and becomes something that is uh, super emotionally charged and all these different things, people really point to that episode. It is exactly the same as this episode because he's crying and he feels like a failure because he hasn't been able to learn what he was supposed to learn. Yeah. And then proves in both episodes that he subconsciously has learned these things. Yeah. Because the way that he does it in Bart Gets an F is he starts saying like, oh, and how was I supposed to know? It's just like this time and quote something perfectly. He starts speaking French in the exact same way. Just right. saying. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because I love both of those episodes, but I've never in my life put them together side by side in that way. But mm, I and think that's I'm not, an incredible insight to and his I'm, character. And I'm only thinking it's fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was I the also, other thing that you enjoyed. I was going to say I assumed as a kid again – uh, that that is how you would learn French, like that you would just start you speaking just start it. You just start speaking yeah. it. Right. I, was, I was hoping oh, <laughs> that I'd start speaking and be like, 
like Bart, like, <laughs> hang on, wait a minute, I'm speaking French now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a question that a lot of kids have, too. She's like, do you dream in French? Like, you know I what know. I mean? Uh, but basically, fortunately, this guy comes to the rescue, and he's, he's very happy and wonderful. And I was wondering if this must have been a reference to a movie, just the, their relationship. And uh, just because there's this level of just like, you're going to always be an important part of my life. Like, it was very cinematic and beautiful. Right, right, right. And then we never see him again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, at this point, we find out that uh, Adil has been uh, his his nickname is like the Sparrows, and so he he's has been, a been spy. he's been a spy this whole time, sending top secret nuclear power plant top secret things, mm-hmm. um, secret secret secret. I kept saying it to um, to a country, mm-hmm. uh, the Albanian government or somewhere. But, but it's been a global operation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I love the way that the FBI agent or whoever is like handling this. Uh, <laughs> if you if either of you want to walk us through it, it's just such a funny moment of of kind of like this doofus who's running the show. I mean, I don't have the direct quote from the doofus, um, but I just made a note of um, there being another mole that the FBI has been working with, and it looks like a fucked up Bart, but like a cool Bart. That's a weird (laughs) ending. Yeah, that is a weird one. But something that's funny is just that the agent guy, the police officer, whomever. Oh yeah, Home is like asking him what's going on because they're (laughs) about to raid Flanders' house. Does Flanders exist yet, or is it just the neighbor's house? I think it's just the neighbor's house, but I I can't be sure, but basically it's just so funny because they're just like, we've been able to track it exactly to this location, and I'm afraid that's all I could say. Uh, okay, I'll tell you a little yeah. bit more. Like, the yeah, country right. begins with an A. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I love yes. it because he just wants to be, you know, he just wants to be considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically he gets sent to not jail, but he's being swapped out with this Bart lookalike, which is insane. Yeah. He looks like Rasta Bart. He yeah. does. It's he's so cool weird. He's Bart. He's got sunglasses, sunglasses. And, and like Justin Bieber when he had those bleached dreadlocks. They oh, Rastafied him to be alive. Yeah. Uh, but basically there's they this. him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's this moment where he gets... Uh, uh, where where uh, Bart comes home and you hear Lisa say, just like, he's brought gifts, his first unselfish act. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, he gets Marge, like, this really nice dress and, like, like the bottle of wine right, and all yeah. these different things. Um, and it ends with the line of Homer, you know, opening the wine saying, like, sorry, Marge, some wise guy put a cork in it. And then Bart speaks in French, what a buffoon. Oh. And then Homer's just like, my boy speaks French. I know. And then opens so the wine simple. in celebration. It's so, so simple. And, so simple and sweet. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a wonderful episode. Uh, looking back on it, uh, have your feelings changed at all over the over the course of the years? Is it still very special, near and dear? Yeah, I guess so. Just, I mean, it reminded me of the being a kid and watching it a lot. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much longer the intro was on that. There was, like it was three extra scenes long. in that. Oh, that like, was interesting. There's like a bus one. stop scene yeah. and something <laughs> with like again time. those weird like poorly drawn characters. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um and so if there was one lesson from this episode, what would it be? Um, don't go to France. Don't go to France. <laughs> I'm about to go to France. You're about to. Wee wee. Wee wee. Well, let me tell you, if somebody <laughs> offers to help you buy tickets on the Metro, do uh, not oh. accept their help. Just tell uh, them to fuck no. off. Yeah. Just tell no. them to fuck off. <laughs> I think that's a very good lesson. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, well, Learn it in French. <laughs> <laughs> How do you say fuck off in France? I don't know. Just... I don't know. Uh, it I all sounds fuck like fuck off. off. Everything sounds, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also just said in France. In France. So How do you I guess say you just in, say fuck off. France. Yeah. <laughs> in foreign. Uh, <laughs> How do you say it in foreign? Uh, Luke, thank you so much for coming by and talking about this episode. Thank uh, you for having me. Long time coming. Where can people find uh, upcoming projects or you online? My 
basically everything, because I keep forgetting to update my website, mm-hmm. is just on Instagram at Lukey McGarry, L-U-K-E-Y McGarry. I want to help you with the spelling one. on that. <laughs> It'll change your life. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. The continued adventures of Sad Chewy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I remember to do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's very fun. <laughs> uh, and Julia, where can people find you? Thanks so much for asking, Allie. Um, you can find me at Julia Prescott on all the things. Allie, where can people find you? Thank you so much for asking. You can find me at Allie Gertz and all the things. You can find us at Simpsons Pod. Everything's Coming Up Simpsons is a production of Maximum fun our show is engineered and edited by jesus ambrosio our senior producer is laura swisher swish swish smell you later smell you later maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned listener supported